Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. We are vulnerable to losing sight of the fact that we do have a confidence and a solid place to stand where peace overthrows and overcomes whatever it is that would undermine that sense of assurance of God's purpose in us. I'm Jim Burns. For more than 50 years, Pastor Jack Hayford has been inspiring congregations with the hope of Jesus Christ. But four years ago, his family faced a personal tragedy that left him feeling hopeless and uncertain even in his own life. Now, in the days after the sudden and unexpected death of his son-in-law, Jack Hayford discovered a new level of hope in God that he had never experienced before. And on today's edition of Homework, I'll talk with Jack Hayford in a very personal way about how his own struggles with hopelessness led him to revisit the events of Good Friday and our ultimate source of hope. Finding hope when you need it most is our topic today on this very special edition of Homework. From the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. In just a moment, part one of Dr. Jim Burns' two-part conversation with Pastor Jack Hayford. We just call him Pastor Jack here in Southern California. He's just a a very, very well-known. Finding hope when you need it most. Uh, The Hayford family experienced a tremendous and tragic loss a few years ago. And uh, Pastor Jack writes about it in his book, Hope for a Hopeless Day. Very, very fitting conversation to be having for Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, uh, right up until Easter Sunday. And so if you're going through a season like that, we encourage you to stay with us. Homeward is here and on the air because of your prayers and faithful financial support. We can't do this without you. For more information on how to give a gift, you can go online to homeward.com. And now here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today we're talking about finding hope when you need it the most. And I can't think of a better person to talk about that than Pastor Jack Hayford. I've been looking forward to this for three and a half years to have Jack on our program. He's the Chancellor of King's College and Seminary in Van Nuys, California. Also served as the senior pastor of, I think, one of the finest churches in the world called Church on the Way in Van Nuys, where he watched the Lord grow that church from 25 people to several thousand people. He's the author of more than 40 books, including the award-winning Blessing Your Children. Jack and his wife, Anna, have been married for over 50 years. It is an absolute privilege, Jack, to have you with us on the Homeward Broadcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Jim. It's it's a wonderful thing to be with you. Well, it's it's interesting, Jack, because there have been moments you were the pastor of ceremonies at something I was speaking at, uh, Promise Keepers Pastors Conference, and I had a few moments with you, and there's been other few times, and yet to be a leader in the Christian faith for as long as you've been, I was talking about you at an Assembly of God conference I was speaking at last Thursday, in fact. And people, when I said your name, they all just kind of smiled. And what does it feel like to be the kind of person who somehow the Lord has used you in so many different avenues and venues to to speak truth in the not just the life of people in your congregation, but into the world and leaders as well? Well, Jim, that's very gracious of you to say. And I think unquestionably, we, any one of us are amazed at the... Uh, the grace of God and the mercies that uh, allow you to have favor and to serve for years and to uh, continually broaden the circle of 
of friendship. And uh, through those friendships, of course, m- many people acknowledge some influence you've had. And I, I'm, I'm just very, very humbled, and I don't use that word lightly. And that's a, a kind observation you've made. Well, actually, it's a, it's a real true observation, too, and I appreciate it. Today we're talking about a brand-new book of yours called Hope for a Hopeless Day, and I was mentioning to you that my wife, Kathy, has read it and then reread it. It's been very, mm-hmm. very special for her. But in many ways, this comes out of a very dark season in your life when you had some horrible news in October of 2003. Tell our listeners exactly what happened that kind of brought this darkness, which also then brought hope. Well, the book begins by describing the Friday morning following Wednesday night. Scott Bauer, who was my son-in-law and who uh, assumed the pastorate of the Church on the Way when uh, I moved from that position to the founding of the King's College and Seminary, and uh, uh, Scott had served with great effectiveness, and incidentally, he had not taken that position by reason of a transfer under my authority of... uh, Uh, from family member to family member, but uh, our denomination that traditionally would not have made that kind of transfer, the Foursquare Church, uh, believed that Scott was the leader to take the pulpit, and it was certainly verified in the four years Scott served as the senior pastor. And on a Wednesday night, just at the very end of the prayer service, uh, it was, I've described it just like a bullet in the head, Uh, a brain aneurysm exploded, and it was only a matter of hours before Scott was brain dead. And the only reason it was as many hours until that early Friday morning hour I begin the book with that Scott uh, was being sustained on that, those wonderful methods that uh, are only wonderful when they assist in a way that, uh, such as it did here, it allowed his parents' time to arrive from across the nation to be here for the occasion of the final moments of life breath which were, in fact, being pumped into his body by machinery. And uh, on that Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock, I knew for a fact when I woke up at 5 that uh, the plug would be pulled. And that's uh, the book begins by describing as, as uh, painful a day as I can imagine, compounded by a very brutal, brutal and sinister sense of an encounter of the adversary of our souls, viciously and cruelly, uh, rejoicing uh, in what he saw as his victory. And though you know better, those moments of darkness, and the room was dark at 5 o'clock on an October morning, uh, uh, those things combined to cause me to simply roll over on my side in bed and say, Jesus, you're going to have to handle this. And that's the way I start, start the book. And you also say that hopeless days are commonplace in our world. I mean, obviously, every day is not a day like that. But many, many people would say that they start their mornings in darkness, and they, they feel hopeless throughout the day. I think one of the most common traits of all of us, and it's compounded by, by fear, uncertainties, the question marks that hang over all of our world and our life, uh, present trials people are going through, it may not be as intense as someone who is on the brink of being uh, actually gone from this world, but the, there, there are so many things that surround all of us all the time, our vulnerability to uh, perhaps not outright despair, but to discouragement or to the tauntings of fear that uh, are subject to so many definitions in terms of their emotional outflow that uh, we don't necessarily think of it as hopeless, but they are things that are pressing in at a dimension that we are vulnerable to losing at least momentarily sight 
of the fact that we do have a confidence and a solid place to stand where peace overthrows and overcomes whatever it is that would undermine that sense of assurance of God's purpose in us. And so I've wrapped that up in the word hope and to the opposite, of course, hopeless in dealing with the subject in this book as sure. I have. Now you say that all of our hope as followers of Christ centers around one day in history, which is the day Good Friday. And I want you to talk about that and where you get that from Scripture and your thoughts as we kind of think today about finding hope when we need it most. Well, there's no question that as dark a day in human history was the day that mankind took it upon himself to slay the Son of God's Savior who had come to redeem us and to show his life. And of course, in doing so, play into the sovereign purposes of God, but certainly not as cooperative, but as resistant of God's love at that moment. And when you look at the darkness of the hour, when you look at the dismal nature of the uh, shameful nature of the deed that was committed by humankind, and when it ends with the Son of God eternal, the love of God incarnate, in a hole in the ground with a stone rolled over him, I think you have a real picture of hopelessness. From this vantage point we have post-Easter and post-centuries of the ongoing triumphant life of Jesus, uh, transforming multiplied hundreds of millions throughout history. It's, it's difficult to immediately, without pausing, realize how dark, how very dark and hopeless it was. And that's exactly the way the disciples felt when uh, the cross was an, uh, an accomplished fact. They had anything but hope, and they could not see beyond the moment, notwithstanding even Jesus' words to them, that he would rise on the third day. Yeah. And even knowing the certainty of his resurrection, there are times we faced moments that it's not as though we forgot there's such a thing as a resurrection, but it, that light has not penetrated us at the moment. So I've taken the reader to look at the kinds of things that block our view of the hope, of the certainty, of the ultimacy of the Lord's triumph. And I've built the book having made the introduction of that real, real day that I faced uh, with our family. Yeah, very, very uh, built it around the day Jesus died and the words he spoke from the cross. Boy, and they are such powerful words, too. I'm not sure how your church uh, congregation likes to handle uh, the Good Friday service, but uh, knowing that uh, just having those words spoken and giving personal reflection as to what they're all about can really add a lot of meaning to a Good Friday service. And today here on the Homeward Broadcast, parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns joined in studio by pastor and author Jack Hayford talking about finding hope when you need it most. Uh, Jack's written a book called Hope for a Hopeless Day that uh, talks about, as he just mentioned, the situation that their family faced with the passing of his son-in-law very unexpectedly and how that kind of mirrors uh, what a lot of Christians go through on Good Friday, what we're experiencing and uh, what we're feeling and thinking about and how our prayers should be directed. We've reached the midpoint of today's edition of the program. More from Dr. Jim Burns and Pastor Jack Hayford in just a moment. If you're a parent, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is not for sale. and It has no price. In fact, I don't think there's any way to possibly calculate its value except to say that without it, none of us would ever survive. I'm Jim Burns, and today's Homeward Snapshot is a beautiful picture of a mother giving this precious gift to her daughter, of a father instilling it in the heart of his son. 
The average human being can last a couple of weeks without food, that is as long as there's access to water, but I challenge you to live even one moment without hope. As one psychologist put it, hopeful children are positive about the future because they have overcome problems in the past and they believe they can do it again. I hope you'll log on to our website at homeward.com and download a free copy of a brand new article I've written on this important subject of hope because the ministry of Homeward is committed to encouraging parents and building families. I'm Jim Burns. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. What a privilege today to have Jack Hayford with us. What a privilege to have him on Homeward. Finding hope when you need it most. You know, one of the things I love about this radio broadcast is we get a chance to put people who I respect and hold very high esteem. And this time, wow, Jack Hayford with us. Uh, He's the Chancellor of King's College and Seminary in Van Nuys, California. He served as the senior pastor of what I said earlier, one of, I think, one of the finest churches in America called Church on the Way, where he watched the Lord grow that church from just a small group of people to thousands. Author of more than 40 books. Also, what a lot of people don't know is he's also the author and creator of some incredible worship songs as well. And he and his wife, Anna, have been married for over 50 years. Jack, as we were talking about this uh, hope and and really the dark days, you were talking about the fact that Good Friday is really called good. And yet a lot of people would look at that and say, well, why is it called good? And they obviously wouldn't have called Good Friday good on the first Friday. But what's the perspective on that in terms of why they call it Good Friday? Well, very clearly it's good because of the absolute turnaround that was being fashioned by God's hand, notwithstanding the absolute futility and hopelessness of the way things appeared. And I think that's the heartbeat of the idea in in the book, that this, when the Scripture says that uh, the Lord works all things together for good, they by no means appear that. And all of us are familiar with quoting that text in the face of some of the most difficult situations we've ever faced. When we look at Jesus' cry from the cross— cries as he speaks, uh, not all of them cries. Of course, the ultimate cry, it is finished, was there had been the completion of uh, the entry of divine redemption in its ability to reverse every situation. And so that shout from Calvary of triumph is uh, why it is good, because now there is a possibility but only because of Calvary, only because of God's mercies, only because of divine grace, only because of a Savior. There is a possible, a complete reversal of every hopeless situation, every dark day, and that's why we call Good Friday good. You know, and, you know, when you say a reversal, what's interesting is, for example, the Lord didn't bring Scott back, although I'm sure people prayed for his healing. And so sometimes the reversal isn't our will, but the reversal comes from the idea of still having hope in the midst of sometimes a, a difficult experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the issue is reversing the the hopelessness to hope. Uh, it's not changing circumstances in every situation, and it's it's not saying that it's changing a philosophical stance toward life so that you think hopeful thoughts uh, and con yourself into the idea things are better. But to the contrary, there comes such an entry of the Holy Spirit of God, such a reality of his person invading the moment that it transforms the moment because he is there. And the living reality of Jesus himself alive in a moment 
and the way he takes the promises of the Word, and they begin to not simply be phantom ideas you try to uh, convince yourself with, but where his person makes them the reality of the moment. That's the miracle, of course, of the living Christ. Boy, boy, you're so right. And I remember underlining something in your book that we're talking about today, Hope for a Hopeless Day, where you said hope is derived from the direction we look. And then you went on to say his cross is the pathway to hope. And in many ways, that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, as we uh, assess each each aspect of uh, the, the phenomenal words that uh, he spoke from the cross, the, the seven words from the cross as they're commonly expressed, uh, each one have a dynamic lesson that help us thread through some of the variables that uh, will block our, our view of him and of that hope that uh, Calvary shines yeah, to us. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, what's interesting, Jack Hayford, as we think about hope, I thought you made a very interesting statement in your book. You said, basically, it's okay to complain to God that actually in Psalm 22, we see David doing it. So you go actually as far as to say complaints are allowed by God. You really, you, you really <laughs> believe that, don't you? Well, <laughs> I believe it because uh, the Psalms have considerable complaint You're and lamentation so right. toward the Lord. And uh, that 22nd Psalm, of course, is the, uh, the, the great Messianic Psalm that is uh, from Jesus' own, the opening words of Psalm 22 are yeah. words Jesus spoke himself right. from the cross. Right. Right. So that the Son of God himself, my God, why have you forsaken me, is uh, one of the mystery passages to some people. Say, well, God, did God really uh, forsake his Son? Well, theologically, you can legitimize it and say that he was turning his back on his Son because uh, Jesus was bearing our sin at that time, and the Holy God can't look on sin. On the other hand, it's very reasonable and consistent with Scripture to say that the Son of God incarnate as the Son of Man is experiencing his own human moment, not of a, a guilty doubt of God, but of a feeling that the Father himself has left him alone. And uh, those feelings are very real when they come, and I think that Jesus has freed us to express our feelings and express them to God, and God's not offended. He understands our frame. He knows we're dust, and he will meet us in those moments of dilemma and of despair. Well, I actually appreciate that because I think there are times when I feel more comfortable if I'm going to complain, complaining to Kathy, who I have the most intimacy with on this planet because she's my wife. And in many ways, a complaint isn't doubting God as much as it simply is saying, hey, let me tell you how I feel right now. And in some ways, that brings mm -hmm. intimacy to the relationship, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Well, it's honesty to our spiritual experience. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I, I think learning to just make uh, creedal quotes in the face mm -hmm. of very painful right. moments right. Uh, neither impresses God nor is it particularly therapeutic yeah. for us. So... I think God gives a lot of space for humanity. It's not a matter of blasphemy or even of of naked unbelief. Right. It's just space for our humanness. Yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that. I, I, you know, it's so profound and so important. Now, on Good Friday, Jesus cried out, I thirst. And you say that Jesus didn't have to say this, but that he did in order to actually teach us something. What was he trying to teach us when he said, I thirst? I think that the very fact that he refused... Um, the sop that was offered him at that point, uh, and then later uh, received it, that his, his welcoming 
of the moisturizing of his mouth was really for the sake of the declaration that was shortly to follow. He just wanted to have a clear voice to announce that there is triumph. And I think when we come and drink at the fountain of God's uh, well of abounding grace in the middle of trial, say, Lord, I come in the heat of my circumstance and the the uh, ringing dry agony of whatever moment there is and come to, to drink at the fountain that there is uh, that refreshing that enables us then to make the proclamation of, of hope. And uh, so I think acknowledging that is as it was with him, acknowledging again of his humanness, it's acknowledging our dependence upon the life-giving stream of the Spirit of God in the middle of trial. Well, if you're certainly looking for a hope-filled message, those words from Pastor Jack Hayford will give you hope. It, it, not denying that you're going through a difficult situation, but today here on the Homeward Broadcast, as we are preparing for Easter Sunday, uh, that powerful message from Dr. Jack Hayford uh, really rings true. Finding hope when you need it most is our theme today on the broadcast, and uh, Dr. Jim Burns highly recommends Jack Hayford's book on this topic called Hope for a Hopeless Day. When you go to homeward.com, go to the radio broadcast tab. Just go ahead and uh, hit that button and it'll take you right to today's program. You can tap on Pastor Jack's name and learn more about the book. And and Jim, this is a kind of a, a theme that a lot of us need to hear about, to finding hope when you need it most. The fact is that what Jack said is, is he said, put your hope in Jesus Christ. And as we think about Easter and as we think about Good Friday and as we think about this incredible season, it really is a time for hope because all of us have had horrible situations. All of us have had dark days and very, very dark days like what he was talking about with Good Friday. But I love what Tony Campolo says. It's Friday and Sunday's a coming. And the truth of the matter is, is that that's the story for all of us. And if you're going through a tough time right now, then I want to suggest to you that you hang on to that. Hang on to hope. It's Friday. Well, today's not exactly Friday. It's Thursday. Friday's very soon, and that's Good Friday, but it's also a dark day. It was the death of Jesus Christ. But Sunday is a coming, and that's new life, that's new resurrection, that's new hope for all of us. And I think it's a great, great message. It certainly is, Jim. It's one that gives us hope and encouragement. And if you have people in your world who might be uh, thinking about coming to church uh, Easter Sunday, uh, take this message of hope to them. Uh, show them that the church is a place of hope. Uh, Jim, we talk a lot about spiritual issues here and apparent family issues here on the Homeward Broadcast. But another issue that we talk about, too, is marriage. And people ask, why do you do so many programs on marriage? Why is it so important? Well, marriage is key to having a healthy, happy home. And you and your wife, Kathy, have written an outstanding book on this topic. It's a kind of a devotional book for couples who don't like to do devotions. Exactly. It's the only book we've ever written together. We always say we have a high-maintenance marriage, and so even writing that book, we had some moments right, writing it. But, you know, it's a devotional book, Roger. And how it got started was Kathy and I had tried every devotional known to humankind. I mean, we wanted to grow in spiritual intimacy. It's often the least investigated part of intimacy in a marriage, and it was for us, I would say. And we were talking with a couple, kind of a mentor couple to us, and I said, what do you guys do? And they said, well, we spend 20 minutes a week and I thought, well, that sounds wimpy. You know, he was a Christian leader. <laughs> and yet, as we were driving home, Kathy looked at me and she said, you know, I'd like to do that. Uh, it's not even on my top list, 
but it was on hers. And so we started something that we called Closer Time, which was about 20 minutes a week. And we would look at a scripture. We would oftentimes talk about a subject, and then we'd pray, oftentimes praying for our kids and whatnot. A lot of couples have trouble doing that. Well, to make a long story short, a publisher had heard me talk about this. He said, why don't you write a book? So Kathy and I wrote a book called Closer. And it's now one of the best-selling devotionals you know, in the Christian world on marriage. And what we do is we challenge people for 20 minutes a week. And it's on topics that are important to marriage. It has a little scripture, and then it has typically a story. And then there's something called Faith Conversations. Kathy and I went through it recently, interesting enough, even though we wrote the book. And she read it to me. You know, it took a few minutes. And then we talk about it. And it's really been a great, great part of the Homeward Resource Center, if you would. It certainly is, Jim. And I know when people contact us looking for resources on marriage, the two that we mentioned, of course, are closer and also creating an intimate marriage. And uh, many listeners are not aware of the fact that, uh, so I'll make you aware now, when you contact Homeward and want to order one of Jim's books, you can buy the books anywhere. But if you order one of Jim's books directly from our Homeward Online Resource Center, a portion of the proceeds actually goes to support our ministry. And we are a completely listener-supported broadcast outreach. So you can order a copy of Closer, the devotional book for couples by Jim and Kathy Burns. Go to homeward.com to complete the transaction there online, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com. You can also call for more information at 800-397-9725. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.